Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review, your home of all the action across Queensland football all season. Long as Scott and Adam, as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. It's been a very busy weekend of league and cup actors will get through, but dramatic as well. Yeah, oh, look, uh, Sunday afternoons don't come much better than what we saw uh, up at AJ Kelly. Absolutely, we'll get into just a moment. Firstly, on the show tonight is that aforementioned Australia Cup tie up at Redcliffe, as well as NPL Women's Premiership confirmed, FQPL 1 Women's Premiership confirmed, as well as all the NPL men's action. All that is to come on the show. However, we are starting off with the Australia Cup tie up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe, the round of 16 tie between Peninsula Power and Green Gully of NPL Victoria. It was a 2-1 win for the home side. Adam, goals from from Josh Woolley and Alex Smith in the same minute, essentially cancelling out an earlier goal from Josh Hope. This was this was what the, um, the cup was made for. Moments like this was an unbelievable moment up there at AJ Kelly Park this afternoon. Oh, absolutely. If, if there's any um, sort of, you know, advertisement of why football fans around the country love the, the Australia Cup, this was it. This was a fantastic game of football um, between two very, very even sides. And look, it was it was drama-filled, uh, you know, with, not only from the goals, but also as well. Like It just, it was a very, very close foot game. And look, both sides should be commended for, you know, a great game that they, they put in tonight because um, it was, it was like I said, entertaining and all drama, everything you wanted from a football game. It most certainly was that. And we spoke about it on our Australia Cup round 16 preview, didn't we, about how intriguing these, these Queensland versus Victoria battles. There's another one coming up later in the week between Brisbane City and Oakley Cannons. But we were intrigued by how these matchups would go, but particularly this matchup between two sides which are in and around the finals positions in their respective states, playing some really good football. This was going to be a really good gauge as the standard of the two leagues. And I know in the first half, I think Green Gully probably had the better chances and but the flow of the game was pretty even, wasn't it? There wasn't a lot between the two sides for the vast majority of this game. Yeah, look, uh, Green Green Gully had sort of you know the opportunity to take the lead in the first half. Uh, uh, I hit the, he in the woodwork on one occasion. I know Josh Hope as well. Sort of also had a couple of opportunities, including a one on one, which he sort of kind of fluffed against you know a very very good save from um, Phil Zabax, who was yeah you know, he was he was excellent in goals. Uh, for for potential power, but uh, yeah, look, this was our uh, third place in in the NPL Queensland versus fourth place in NPL Victoria. So they're both teams relative form was you know very very good, and it, it became a game where you know which team blinked first and took their opportunity. You know it was going to go a long way on the side in this game. Absolutely, and that was Green Gully as you mentioned. The substitute Mamadi Kamara came on down the left hand side. He was a real impact player, wasn't he? He had a really good impact down that left hand side, always causing trouble for the visitors. And he, ended up, he set up the goal for Josh Hope, who did eventually manage to score. He said he had his one on one in the first half from Zabax, which was well saved. But he did open the scoring. And while it was an even game at that point, you'd probably say Green Gully deserved to go ahead. They were the team who were, who were creating the more clear cut chances 
at that point in the game. Yeah, the one thing that sort of really sort of you know impressed me about about Green Gully was their speed in transition. You know, from from defence to attack, something that I know Peninsula Power wouldn't see too often. Maybe um, I select you know a few teams in uh, MPL Queensland had had the ability to you know to hit on you know in transition as much as they did. But the, the thing that what sets them apart is the consistency they did. Every time that they would win the ball in defense, it was almost like a lightning transition. And in the first in the first half, potential power at time they were scrambling to try and sort of stop it. But uh, you're right, when uh, Mamadi uh, Kamara came on. He really caused some problems, and it was his heels his cross to find Josh Hope, you know, for the header was what actually put Green Gully ahead in the seventieth minute. It's a good point you make about the pressure and intensity of the transition from Green Gully because I noticed the exact same thing. And Gianluca Anucci, Josh Hope, and Luke Jego, Matt Fletcher as well, and also up front Alex Salmon, their striker. He had some really nice touches in and around the penalty area. So you can see why there's such a good side down in Victoria, can't you? But it was that press in transition when they won the ball to go for really quickly. It did catch power out a couple of times. It was clearly a big part of their game plan going into this match and it worked to a fair degree. Oh, absolutely. I think it's quite like something that they do they they do on a regular basis. I, I happen to sort of catch a couple of you know, highlights of uh, Green Gully and sort of you know, preparing you know for for this game. And uh, yeah, that that's that transition is something that that really sort of you know impressed me. Um, yeah, look, Matt Fletcher, he he was very good as well before he had to come off with an injury, which brought Kamara on. But um, yeah, look, uh, it's it were uh, at that point at seventy minutes, you thought, oh, maybe Green Gully have um, have stolen this one. It looked that way, didn't it? Then there was what can only be described as scenes up at AJ Kelly Park with goals from Josh Woolley, direct from a corner kick, and then pretty much right from the kickoff, super sub Alex Smith popped up to, to poke home the winner. And again, it was just simply scenes at AJ Kelly Park. It was unbelievable what happened. It was it happened so quickly. I mean, I don't think anyone was finished celebrating the first goal before the second one went in. Uh, from what we're talking to a number of uh, certain of personalities that, that we are very close with at uh, Peninsula Power, they were not finished celebrating after Josh Woolley's uh, direct from the corner goal, which that, that itself was a fantastic, a fantastic goal. Sort of caught Liam Driscoll, you know, sort of, you know, in all sorts. But then, yeah, pretty much from the kickoff, it was a turnover. Um, Simon Weldemari had a shot at Driscoll. He parried away. And, um, yeah, their, their old super sub, uh, Alex Smith, was there to tap in. Absolutely. It was so quick, actually. I think even it caught out the uh, broadcast as well, who were still showing replays of the Josh Woolley goal. They ended up cutting basically to Alex Smith, basically tapping in. So they missed most of the build-up as well. So it was genuinely about, what, 30, 40 seconds between the two goals. And that was decisive in the outcome. And Power did manage to hold on and grind the game out from there. But it was just an unbelievable moment. It was, uh, as as we commented, it's probably the loudest cheer uh, we've heard at AJ Kelly Park. And we've seen some big games and uh, some big occasions at that ground. But uh, like I said, for 11, from 1,100 people, the 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 cheer that came out of those stands, it felt like 11,000 people. Now, it was it was immense. And uh, yeah, look, it was, it was a big moment. And I think it's, that's, yeah, hopefully it's a fort- unfortunate. And this is one you don't sort of really blame the... Um, Broadcaster, because this is a blink. Of, this is a blink. Of the eye. It's caught everyone off guard, but it would certainly be something that you know, you know, that, that would you know, live in highlights for the Australia Cup, you know, for many years to come. 
absolutely 1190 in attendance at AJ Kelly Park, and I've never heard it like that. Now, after the game, we've got it with the head coach of Peninsula Power, Rick Coglin, and their goal scorer, Alex Smith. Let's see what they'd say after the game, and we'll be back right after this. I was one of the victorious coach of Peninsula Power, Rick Coglin. Rick, 2 1 winners. You have a Green Gully in the Cup through the Chlorophyll. What are your thoughts after that one? It was a pretty amazing turnaround. Yeah, look, an unbelievable night. Um, you know, tremendous support. The, uh, yeah, the crowd fully behind us for the 90 minutes. You know, we managed to turn it around and get the win. But yeah, just, just a terrific night, unbelievable. You mentioned the atmosphere here at AJ Kelly Park. Is the loudest you've ever heard? It? Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty next level with that second goal. You know, um, but that's, that gives us another push, and yeah, we, we've got the job done. Um, you played a lot of young players in the league last week. Did that kind of give you real confidence to, be able to get that result last week? That you could really do anything in this week? Yeah, for sure. Look, we knew we didn't want to come into this game in particular. You know, understretched, uh, or you know, so we we had to manage the squad accordingly. But one thing Peninsula Power has is a ridiculously deep squad, yeah. uh, so that comes down to the recruitment and the operations behind the scenes, and uh, you know it's paid off. You mentioned you've got a ridiculously deep squad. You've got the FQPL women's coach in your squad here today getting the win. That must be a great resource to have an experienced player like that you can call upon. <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, irrespective of, of who he coaches, to have someone like Alex Smith's calibre to come off and, and give us a helping hand, you know, we would snap that in a heartbeat, you know. I imagine this is what you would have joined Powerful mid-season. This is the sort of occasion you would have been hoping to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. For me personally, to be involved in these sort of occasions and nights, uh, to, to play my part in helping push the club, in, a, in another direction, but you know, I, I'm just incredibly proud of the players, the staff, the team, the club. It's incredible. And just finally, any preference at all for a quarterfinal, another home game here, away trip, A League side, Member Federation? I I, you know, I don't think the boys would be too happy, but I can't break tradition. I'd love another home ground, get the crowd back behind us, and I'm sure what we can do. You know, fantastic. So obviously, we'd like another home tie too. Congratulations and good luck in the quarterfinals. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're joined by the coach of the FQPL women's team and player of the men's side, Alex Smith. Alex, thanks for talking to us. No problems at all. We'll start with today's game against um, Green Gully in the Cup. Coming on, what was the role when you were asked to come on? Oh, just change the game, you know. You come on as a, as a sub in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. You just, you know, you want to have an impact on the game and, and change it for the better. And luckily, it was was able to do that. You certainly did that. Um, the goal you scored was a bit of a tap-in, but have you scored a more significant goal in your career? Um, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know what signifies uh, a more important goal. Um, certainly, I've scored more important to myself. Yep. Uh, but in terms of what it means to a club and, uh, um, you know, I guess making the quarterfinals of, uh, of the National Cup, it's it's pretty big. So. You haven't played much this year. Do you enjoy getting out on the field? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I, uh, I said to the club, obviously, before the season started, do you guys want to register me? And, you know, if you get injuries and all that and you need some help, I'm, I'm here. And um, they've had a few injuries and it's been a bit of a struggle. So um, Rick's been great and, and, and Aaron as well. So um, it's a great club. Um, so, you know, I just really wanted to help out as, as much as I could. Last one on the men's team, you obviously are coaching the men's side. Did you get to spend much time training around the men's side or is it just very much called in on the day sort of situation? <laughs> um, I haven't trained in, in a good four or five months. So. <laughs> uh, but with the uh, with the women, I obviously, you know, I join in a few times at yeah. training and then, you know, I'm still around football and, and, you know, touching the ball and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's more the fitness. I was... Uh, I got 35 minutes last week and I was struggling to breathe, so um, that kind of prepared me for tonight. And thank you to Rick and Alex. You'll hear from Alex Smith once again. He's also the FQPL1 women's coach. We spoke to him about that and we'll talk about that later on in the show. But in terms of as a club now, Adam, I mean, they've had some really special moments in their in their 20-odd year history. 
talking to people at the ground tonight, they couldn't think of too many occasions which were as big as this for the club. No, I think this is, this is huge. This is the next step. This is a national stage scalp that they've taken. Obviously, um, some of the big, the bigger moments of the past are their first uh, BPL premiership back in 2009. Obviously, that was a big deal locally. Um, obviously, their first MPL premiership a couple of years ago, that's a big moment. But this is now a national stage achievement. And I think, look, then this run's not over. We don't, like I said, we don't know beyond Wednesday where their path goes from here. A quarterfinal appearance there, obviously their first um, at the moment. It's shaking down. Looks like there'll be probably a maximum of five A-League clubs and three and three uh, member federation clubs. That's no way it probably will shake down. Um, so there's a good chance that they they could host an A-League club, but just as much chance that they could host a um, a member federation club back at uh, AJ Kelly, which is starting to sort of you know get a reputation for you know, big cup nights. Well, the one one member federation club did knock off an A-League club today, so that may very well be the case. Mm. But but Peninsula Bay mentioned they are. Um, in terms of great occasions they've had, they did win the BPL in terms of nine regular season, as you mentioned. They also won FQPL at the point in turn 18 of their entrance to the Queensland competition, as well as back-to-back MPL men's competitions. And then they were three-time back-to-back BPL grand finalists. So they've had some big occasions, a lot of those at AJ Kelly Park. But this one, to your point, being on the national stage, certainly seems like it takes the cake in terms of significance. Yeah, look, uh, and they said we'll, we'll talk about on the way out of the ground. They said that yeah, potential power has been synonymous with success. This is success on another level. Like I said, this is yes, it's, it was a round of sixteen, but that it means that they are in the last eight of the Australia Cup. And look, who knows where it goes from here? It could this be another striker esque run where the, where the um, where the draw falls in their favour and get and get to a semi final? Look, we'll we'll find out on on Wednesday night. But uh, yeah, look, I think save of the moment and there was plenty of celebrations um, sort of to be had and, and well deserved too. This is a big win against I must say a very very good side in Green Gully. It looked like the celebrations were just kicking off. Congratulations to all those at Peninsula Power. Um, the draws on Wednesday, as you mentioned, we'll have to wait and see if Brisbane City or Brisbane Raw can join Peninsula Power as Queensland clubs in the round of 16. We'll move on now to our bread and butter on the NPL Sunday show. We'll start off with the NPL women's competition. Adam, where last week we celebrated the Lions winning the NPL men's competition. This week they've wrapped up the NPL women's in round 15. A one-all draw at home to the QAS. Eleanor O'Grady gave the visitors a shock lead just after the halftime break for Tegan Riding got an equaliser eight minutes from time. And it didn't look likely for a long time that Lions were going to get this done, but they found a way once again. Yeah, we were sort of writing, uh, sort of you know, writing the sort of the epitaph of perhaps the the 51 game unbeaten streak ending because look, QAS were very very good value. They obviously had their they had their four uh, junior Matildas that were successful. The A AFF championships in Indonesia recently uh, back in this side and look when. It's very, very hard, again, to sort of get a track on form as far as this QAS team. Like I said, they've had some you know, good efforts. They they were they hadn't won a game in 10 matches. And, uh, look, you know, they've had some rot roll hammerings at times. But this was, you know, very, very easily their best performance of the season. Because they took, they took the, um, you know, the unbeaten... The unbeaten lines all the way to the end. It took you know, a good goal by Tegan Riding to I, look. I call the word escape. That's pro, I, probably it's the best way to describe this. Um, they escaped. They got the one point they needed to claim uh, the the premiership. Absolutely, it has very high standards that line. So they probably do view it very similarly to you. But as as you would expect with lines, 
it was Mariel Hecker to Amy Gunston to Tegan Wright, and it set up the equaliser. We've seen that combination so many times in the last few years, and in the big moment where they needed their star players to deliver, once again, that trio proved to be um, really important for them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And look, look, they're not taking anything away from that so QAS team. Look, Mia, Mia Bailey you know, had a very, very solid game in, in in goals. You know, we know what she's capable of. She's, you know, she's had a number of uh, A League women's starts. Uh, look, the the four the four um, young Matildas in that side. They, um, like I said, Ella Grady especially she took that took that goal. A great, a great goal that uh, to, to put them in front. Uh, look, Jonty Fisher and Charlie Gibson, as well as Daisy Brown, all started. There, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, good talent in that side, and, and certainly they come as advertised. And look, I, I'm, I'd be very, very interested to see where they go from here, whether, you know, A-League women's contracts, you know, beckon. They're, they're only 16, 17 years old. And that's the scary thing about it. So, um, look, I, I can't speak highly enough you know, about the performance because they have had some pretty what would say so ordinary performances, but this one, they were really up for it. And yeah, like I said, it took, you know, the all conquering lions to, to, um, to get over the top. They were probably a bit un- under par. They probably didn't take the chances that they usually took, spurned a lot of shots, but still you can, only, you can only play what's in front of you. Absolutely. This is the third MPL women's premiership in four years for lions to join 2019 and 2021, they missed out in 2020, but three in four years as the premierships, it's an unbelievable dynasty they're building there at the gold line in both the men and women's teams. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that, I, we said last week about 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 the whole club as a whole, and so we'll repeat, repeat that for those who might have missed it, and not say anything that's you know too you know, state secret. But uh, look, Lions Football Club at the moment, Queensland are are the benchmark. It's as simple as that. You know, whether you like them or hate them, you've got to respect them. Absolutely. And with Rob Askew now, he's won all but two MPL premierships in his time in the competition as a coach. The gap very dominant early in the year in the years previous and now with Lions. So he was all we already knew he was the absolute number one coach in the league. But once again, adding another bit of success to a very very long list of achievements. Yeah, and the one thing is that it's it's what's fascinating about Rob Askew and his coaching style. It's not, and it's certainly not the first time it's happened as well. Is the way he is able to motivate players, you know, like I said, to go on these long unbeaten streaks. You know, like I said, this this is this 51, 52 game unbeaten streak now, and like I said, that's that's uh, forty nine and three as well. Yep. It's not like it's not like it's you know twenty twenty and you know whatnot. It's like I said, this is 49 out of 52. To be able to motivate his side, and obviously you got to have the talent as well to do that, but that that speaks something about how good a coach he is. And like I said, he did it with the gap. He did the gap on a number of occasions, you know, in in the 2010s as well. So, look, you know, he he is a a fantastic coach, but also as well, there's something about his coaching style that, you know, really resonates with that, that group of players at the moment. That most certainly is. Congratulations to Rob and everybody out there at Lions FC. Elsewhere in round 15, and we'll go through the results quickly, and then we might talk about a couple of these games because we did cover them on our platforms. There was a one-all draw between Gold Coast United and Eastern Suburbs. Deanna Thompson and Maya Bruckner on the score sheet in that game. A two-nil win for Capalabar over South United. Goals from Larissa Crummer and Jasmine Genovese. In the final game of the round, Morton Bay United 1-0 winners over Olympic. Goal from Sham Fryer. We'll go back to that first game, Adam, a one-all draw. Down there on the Gold Coast, teams two and three on the table. And this was a really, really tight game. And there was nothing between them in terms of general play. 
and the scoreboard at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, stalemate. It's, uh, I think it's about the best way to describe between two very good teams that will no doubt probably be they can be the uh, the teams that potentially that you know could be you know challenging lines you know in, in a grand final and those both teams you know they, they it was a very very tight game the goals they took Deanna Thompson's goal was you know a very very good goal at the other end Maya Bruckner was there for you know a, you know a well timed header so yeah nothing between these sides and you know probably when you take lines at the equation as you know the number one team these these two are probably uh just behind them ahead of uh, probably a team, the next uh, team that you can probably talk about. Absolutely. Those two teams do remain second and they'll go to the table in a moment. But Kapalabar 2-0 over South. This was a very fast start from Kapalabar. Goals from Lushakama and Jasmine Genovese, as I mentioned, both in the first 15 minutes. And it's a good thing the goals came early then because the fog really started to roll in down there at John Fredericks Park, particularly in the second half. Made it very difficult to see what was happening, but a very important win for Kapalabar in terms of shoring up their spot in the top four as well. Oh look, I, I have to actually give credit to to both teams. Um, they were absolutely atrocious conditions, and there were a number of other games that were very heavily affected by this fog. It wasn't just in Kapalabar; it was it was across the the the, um, the city on Saturday night. But uh, look, we it was, it was, thank God no one else scored because we wouldn't about it would have been the big old TBC until we got you know somehow got our hands on the uh, referees' report because. Um, yeah, you, you could hardly see in the in the there, there, and there's even if you, if you wanted to go back on our socials from Saturday night on Twitter, there was actually we actually um, posted a picture in about the 55th minute of how bad it was, and look, you could barely see um, the players. So look, well well done them persevering in very very trying uh, conditions. And the conditions did not get much better after that. the final game of the round. Uh, one 0 for Morton Bay over Olympic Sean Fry with the goal and. We always thought Morton Bay, Adam, they might start slowly given they had some really serious injuries to some key personnel. Those players are starting to come back and the results are starting to turn around as well. Yeah, look, uh, important goal for Sean Fry and her return. Uh, obviously, uh, announced, announced the this week as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, look, that's uh, already repaying the uh, sort of faith with uh, a key goal in uh, for Morton Bay. But look, defensively as well, I think that I think uh, Macca Smith will be very, very pleased the fact they held Olympic with all the firepower they have to a clean sheet. Um, and that's been one I know Achilles' heel for. Uh, Morton Bay is especially losing games uh, late, late in the piece. So the fact that they held on after uh, Sean Fry's goal, I think that'll be a pleasing thing. And perhaps uh, they they will live to fight another day as far as um, you know avoiding relegation. They will. They are up off the bottom of the table. We'll go to that table right now. Lions, I see they are the champions of 2022 on 37 points. So it's Gold Coast United. 22, Eastern Suburbs 21, Capalabar 20, then it is South United 17, Sunset Coast Wanderers 15, Olympic 14, Morton Bay on 12, and QAS now at the bottom of the table on 8. Looking at the table now, Adam, it does seem to me like this weekend was really pivotal in terms of the top four. It looks like there's a, there's a gap now between the top four and the rest, and with South having just two games left to play in their season, it does seem like this weekend could have ultimately been decisive in terms of who does make the top four. Yeah, it uh, it does look like now that uh, yeah the top the top four is set. Uh, we thought that Capalabar uh, South uh, last night was going to be a massive game as far as the the makeup top four fourth versus fifth. Um, so yeah, Capalabar probably can breathe easy now. They'll that they'll probably you know finish you know at least fourth. They've got a couple of games 
have got one game hand on East who are only a point in front and even uh, sort of within striking distance of Gold Coast. So even the home final for them is certainly within realm. So I think that's the next couple of weeks will be telling. Um, on the on the other hand, uh, look, Olympic, Olympic in a certain extent, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they might need to slightly look over their shoulder because uh, if Morton Bay start picking up some wins in the in the, uh, in the run home, they've, get, they've got uh, four games left. Sunshine Coast have three and Olympic two games left. Uh, that that uh, race for that um, eighth spot, which is the relegation spot, uh, could be uh, could be very, very interesting as well. And also as well as a further danger, if QAS keep playing like the way they did against uh, Lions, that could also be a, a banana peel game for any sides you know, coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. Yep, QAS have the same situation as the Raw, so it will be the lowest ranked of the other teams who do end up being relegated. And Olympic only have two games left as well compared to Morton Bay's four. So very intriguing to see what happens with at that end of the table as well. We'll move on quickly now, Adam, to the FQPL1 on the women's side where we did have one side officially promoted on Saturday evening up there at AJ Kelly Park. It's been a great weekend for the for, for Power. 3-0 winners over the gap. Goldstrom, Isabella Wood, Tegan Van Vexel and Tana Bielby got them the win. They're not officially... Premiers yet, but they are promoted, Adam, unbeaten, and it is a fantastic achievement for for that side. They've been the dominant side all year long, and this is it's been coming for a while, but now they're officially returning to the NPL next year. It's been a amazing turnaround for Peninsula Power, uh, just in twelve months. Uh, it, probably, it does probably coincide with Alex Smith taking over as, you know, firstly as the technical director. Uh, for for women's football up at Pinchel Power, he also is the head coach. And uh, yeah, where where this 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 team was, where they were getting beat routinely by big scores in that combined MPL um, season last season, and even even when it split, they still were copying a lot of thumpings. Obviously. A lot of new players, but there, there are but there are a number of players that were retained from last year's squad that you now have sort of you know seen the the worst of it, and now they're seeing the best of it. You now it is is FQPL one uh, the only loss that they've had this season has been has been to the other dominant force in Queensland women's football, and that being Lions in the Kappa Cup. Uh, but other than that, they've they've, they've been probably been. Um, uh, they've been just as good, especially within within their division. So congratulations to everyone at Peninsula Power. It's been a big turnaround for them. And, uh, yeah, look, they only need one more win, if, um, at least, if results don't also go their way, and they will be crowned uh, the premiers. They will. Congratulations to Alex Smith and everybody up there. Now, earlier in the show, I did tease we would catch up with further with Alex Smith about his role as FQPL1 women's coach. That's all we had to say about his side's dominant performances over the course of the season. We'll be back right after this. You are the FQPL women's coach. You have promoted lots of congratulations on that. It's a fantastic Thank achievement. You. A really dominant season from your side in that competition. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. The, uh, the turnaround has been... Um, a really humbling experience for me, um, you know, to come in last year and, and to find the program where it was, uh, and then to, to be where we are now with not only on the top team but all 23s are in, you know, I think they're in second place, and our 14s made the top half of the NPL as well. So um, it's been a real massive turnaround, and there's been so much work to put in over the last 12 months. So couldn't couldn't be happier with the weekend, to be honest. Absolutely, the expectations of this club are high, men and women. So it must be really important to get back into the. Na- National Premier League got to being relegated at the end of or midway through last year. Absolutely, I mean the you know promotion is uh, it's only a new thing that they've kind of brought in here in Australia, and, and people still probably don't realise how important it is. 
Um, you know, I, I would like to win a league. I would like to win a grand final. But for me, promotion is, is, is everything. Um, it just changed the whole it changed the whole outlook of the program. Um, you know, 23s are obviously playing MPL now. Recruitment becomes easier. You know, it's just it's such a lift for the club uh, and the program. So, um, yeah, could, couldn't be happier. And, and just finally, you mentioned you want to win the league. You're going unbeaten, that must have been the message you sent to the players last night. This is nice, but we've still got some key targets to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in, in celebrating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bit, I'm a bit like Rick, you know. I'm, uh, I'm pretty cranky until there's actually something to, to celebrate. But when there's something to celebrate, you know, you got to do it with uh, with 110%, just like you know, pressing on the pitch. It's the same thing. Everything you do, you got to do it with... With 110%, so we, you know, we had a good time last night. We we, we celebrated, um, but yeah, now the attention turns to, to winning the league, and then you know, if we win the league, then the attention turns to going unbeaten, and then if we do that, then it turns to winning the grand final. So it's been a massive week for the club, and you've been a big part of it. So congratulations, thanks for your time. No worries, thanks so much, guys. And thank you once again to Alex Smith there, Adam. The other results from round 18 in the FQPL one women's a 3-2 win for Virginia United over. Logan Lightning, a goal in the 72nd minute from Gabriela Francisco, secured the points for the home side in that one. The other game of the round was a 3-0 win for Brisbane City today over the Western Pride. Two goals from Abome Hyogo gave them the win in that one. The other game between Southwest Queensland Thunder and Mitchelson, that one was that one is succumbed to the weather. It will be probably caught up midweek. So a couple of very important wins there for Virginia and Brisbane City in terms of that top four spot, but Western Pride, who were knocking on the door, challenging for that second spot on the table, a home semi-final end promotion back to the MPL. That looks like it could be a very tough road from here for, for the Ipswich side. This uh, FQPL women's uh, uh, standings and the, the run home is going to be absolutely fascinating with uh, most, with three games to go, four for Mitchelton and Southwest Queensland Thunder. And they said... Nothing set in stone um, as far as a, a big win for Brisbane City today going to Western Pride. Western Pride's uh, promotion chances, I think, have taken a huge hit. Uh, and look, the way that uh, Brisbane City play at the moment, the way Virginia are playing at the moment, uh, they they uh, there's, there's no guarantee that they'll even finish in the finals. If, if they keep on sort of dropping games, uh, the, the sort of the... The, the variable strength as far as you know the, the runs home as well that that's going it probably favors Virginia Western Pride then Brisbane City in that order as far as the strength of it goes but these last three games are going to be absolutely fascinating to finish see who finishes third and fourth it will so the table is pinched up how they are the premier they are promoted Becky Pardon, on 47 points 10 points got Mitchell who are on 37 didn't play this weekend Western Pride 33 Brisbane City 30 that's Virginia 27 then there's a gap back to Logan Lightning 13 South West Queen and Thunder 13 and the gap on two so as we talk about the table we probably should talk about the bottom to place team the gap who they were relegated this week after their loss to Pinch Power. they will be in FQPL two women's next year and it's quite the fall from grace for a club which was very, very dominant both in the Brisbane Women's Premier League and then in the early days of the NPL Women's competition. They've fallen on some very hard times recently and for a champion club like that on the women's side, it's very disappointing to see that they have now fallen into the third year and hopefully we can see them getting back on the right track soon. Yeah, yeah, it is It is a, a tragedy to see the gap fall as much as they have. Yeah, they said they, you know, they are MPL 
women's champions uh, of previous times. We'll, we'll talk about as well about you know the influence that Rob Askew had on that. The, you know, a number of very very you know good you know women's players that have come out of that nursery. You know in you know decade in the last you know decades as you know Brisbane in the Brisbane Premier League and then you know in the National Premier League to, to see them fall now to FQPL two. Yeah, it it is a bit of a shame, but like I said, maybe that. Yeah, it will allow them to sort of you know, rebuild outside the spotlight. We'll see tough times for the former, three-time former premiers and champions. Hopefully, they can bounce back. We'll now transition back to the men's game. Adam, round twenty-one of the MPL men's competition. I'll go through the scores, and then we might talk about a couple of these games individually. Sunset Coast Wanderers nil, Gold Coast United nil. Brisbane City 4, Kapalabar nil. Two goals from Yuta Hirayama, Jackson Simpkin, and Kai Bolton also on the score sheet. Gold Coast Knights 2, Olympic 2, Janelle De Silva and Max Brown scoring for the home side. Mitch Nichols against his old side back on the Gold Coast and Takera Ricarda for the visitors. A 1-0 win for Easts over Brisbane Raw Academy. Goal from Alex Simmons in the 93rd minute. Lions FC, the Premiers 3-1 over Morton Bay. Two goals from Louis Fenton, one from John Carl Solorzno and a goal for Lyndon Farr. That was the other game played. The final game, Peninsula Power Logan, we played on Wednesday night up there at AJ Kelly Park. We'll start with the game involving the Premiers and what's effectively become known as your side, Adam, Morton <laughs> Bay United. A good win for, for for Lions, but also Morton Bay with other results. They're in a bit of trouble now. Yes, it's, it appears that way. Uh, that, yeah, well, let's firstly talk about Lions. Uh, a couple of goals for Louis Fenton uh, uh, scoring scoring there, which, you know, obviously the former Wellington Phoenix uh uh, fullback slash winger of previous times. Starting to find uh, get... his feet at Lions after a couple of weeks on the bench when he first arrived. Yeah, and like I said we, we we obviously know what quality player he is. So that again, it's 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 good to see that it's probably there's been no real let up as far as the uh, as the uh, premiers that you now they continue to tick over the points. They've got one game left against Logan. Next week, uh, as for Morton Bay, one bright spot, Lyndon Farr's goal, uh, which came from a lightning uh, counterattack from a corner, and he's uh, Lyndon Farr has gone and chipped Aidan Munford uh, to to score. So I don't know if uh, yeah, our, our good friend Aidan would be very pleased with that. But look, I, I will say the, the the speed that of which they cleared the corner and that Lyndon Farr got, you know. You got, and it was a clever, clever chip as well, an accurate chip. So, look, was, uh, other than that, yeah, Morton Bay. Uh, look, I think they, I think they are safe, but mathematically, they still have a, they have a few sort of you know nervous moments over the next uh, couple of weeks. They go to Gold Coast Knights next week to end their season, and then perhaps they need to wait and see a couple of results with uh, Logan, obviously having a number of games in hand. They do have a couple of games and they weren't in, they weren't in action this week. Now, two sides who also were looking over their shoulder, potentially a little nervously, were Brisbane City and Eastern Suburbs. Eastern Suburbs. Both those have picked up good wins at home. So City tuned up very nicely for their cup tie with that 4 win, as we mentioned. East left it late to get their winner over the Raw Academy, but these three points of both sides, that pretty much ensures both those sides have a maintained safety at the very least for next season and can now start to potentially push forward with their last couple of games because both those sides have games in hand as well. So they could push a little bit further at the table as well, but they're now pretty much safe. Yeah, the Brisbane City, I don't know what they were really worried about as far as you know, the talk about uh, relegation. I know I know a few people wished it upon I City. I think it was but... more wishful thinking from others selectively around the league than City themselves. 
Yeah, and I, I suppose that uh, you know the, the the cup run as well as you know their form in the league uh, lately has sort of seen them really sort of you know push forward. Yudhiriyama is in in an absolute purple patch. The uh, his first goal in the second half he scored was an absolute beauty of a goal um, that they scored. And, uh, yeah, he, he's in some form of scored, scoring double today. And I think I think for City's hopes uh, on Wednesday night down in Melbourne, I think they're hoping that he continues that purple patch of form. But, uh, look, City running on well. And the good news is Daniel Bowles uh, was back for, for uh, City. So they, they're going to need... Like so they're going to need to be at their very best um, to, to you know to, to emulate uh, potential power to get, make the quarterfinals. Hopefully, Yuta Hiriyama takes that goal-scoring form down to the Victorian capital and puts a couple away. That would be very, very handy in their pursuit for a quarterfinal spot. The other game of the round, Adam, between um, Gold Coast Knights. I'm not going to talk about the um, nil or draw between Santa Coast Warriors and Gold Coast Knights, other than the fact that probably, as we will talk about briefly, that probably does end Gold Coast United's slim top four hopes if they weren't already extinguished midweek after their loss away to Weiss. This result absolutely confirms it. Yeah, um, look, both, both teams, both teams have, you know, we know that are very, very solid defensively. Uh, it didn't seem like a day where the attackers had too much joy, uh, especially especially up at uh, up at Budrum. Uh, that, uh, but yeah, look, uh, both both teams are now sort of rel- obviously relatively safe in in mid table, but uh, yeah, Gold Coast United. I think the loss midweek uh, to East probably ended that run, and they pretty much I'd say they played accordingly this afternoon. It would appear so. The other game between Gold Coast Knights and Olympic two will draw between the sides sitting second and third on the table, but the result well it was probably a, what you would expect in terms of a result between the two sides. It could end up being a costly draw for both. With Peninsula Power now having a game in hand, and if they win their last, two of their last three games at least, if not all three, there's a chance Power could usurp both and finish in that second spot and secure a home semi-final. So it could be a costly point for both sides. Yeah, Peninsula Power had a great weekend, both they both in their hands and also out of their hands, because yeah, this draw all of a sudden uh, second place is on for them uh, and a home uh, home final. So. So yeah, look, they've gone from sort of you know focusing on solely on the cup and you know sort of just you know cruising into the uh, finals, perhaps you know changing changing it up as far as you know willingness to the changes. All of a sudden, they've got something to play for because a home final in the in the final series against against you now the team those those other teams around them uh, is is crucial. Also, as well, avoiding uh, lines uh, who who are going to have home field uh, as as you know the number one team. And avoiding them as well, which is uh, I don't know if Gold Coast Knights or or especially Olympic will want to um, you know see in the first week of the finals. It does set up that Wednesday night matchup between Peninsula Power and Logan, the final game from round 21, very very nicely. A win for either side could have massive ramifications at either end of the table. So, well, attention for many people up here may very well be on a couple of games in Melbourne in the Australia Cup. That game could be very very significant in the league. Absolutely, and just just talking about this game, this game itself, uh, Olympic and uh, Gold Coast Knights. This is um, a very, very, you know, a very good game. And look, we always expect it from the, when these two sides play. Um, yeah, Mitch Nichols uh, getting getting the opening goal uh, at his old as old team. Uh, a did he celebrate? You've seen these highlights. Did he celebrate? Not really. 
Not really. I think so. I, I still think it was. Um, is there's still, I guess, you know, a bit of a bit of respect. But uh, yeah, look, his day went uh, went from good to bad really quickly because um, uh, first of all, uh, Daniel De Silva with an absolute bomb from 35 yards. You know, poor old Lockie Hunter. You know, was sort of left stranded uh, as far as you know, <laughs> trying to to uh, say that, to, to equalise. And then Roland stroke at half-time. Um, Max Max Brown, you know, with, with, with the header from, from a corner to, to give him a 2-1 lead. And Mitch Nichols actually went down with injury for that, which which looked like a fairly sort of, you know, painful knee injury. He didn't he didn't come back for the second half. So I think that that as well... Um, that could be that could be very, very interesting if it, if it is an injury that is long term. We haven't we haven't heard yet the how long, if anything, he's out for. Whether it's just you know contact, you know, bone on bone, which you now means he should be fine. We we haven't heard that, so we'll so keep an eye on that. But yeah, lose Mitch Nichols, especially for any amount of time, that could really make things bad, go from bad to worse for Olympic in the run home. They've got one game left, Olympic against Sunshine Coast Wanderers next week, and they are gearing up for a probable. Of it, what will be a semi final against to be determined. We'll have to wait and see who that's against. We'll go through the table now quickly. Lions FC top on 51 minutes, Olympic 38, Gold Coast Knights 36, Peninsula Power 35. That's the top four locked in and set for the year to final order to be determined. Then it's Gold Coast United 28, East 28, Brisbane City 27, Sunset Coast Wanderers 26, Morton Bay United 25, Logan 20, Brisbane Roar Academy 16, and Capalaba on four. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I think uh, East East and Brisbane City, I think they would be fairly sort of, you know, happy where they're at now as far as, you know, their their points hauls this season, especially East. I think I think a lot of people had them sort of, you know, pegged for, you know, perhaps, you know, you know what, with, with with relegation. But, uh, but yeah, look, they're going, they're going well. On the other hand, uh, yeah, uh, Logan are going to need some big results if they're going to survive. How dare you point out my terrible preseason prediction? I was hoping that that would just slide under the carpet and nobody would have remembered that. But now you just reminded everyone of it. Thanks very much. I'm sure James had down there as well. So <laughs> he might have done. Either way, they are well and truly yeah. safe in <laughs> the top half of the table. Yeah, look, yeah, that's I said that's a big result for them. Look, something like Sunshine Coast, while twenty six points uh, Hall was not a bad result. Like I said, uh, for them, a few too many draws, and I said they they convert a few of those draws into wins, and all of a sudden they're still they're still well in the reckoning, especially with their home form. But uh, yeah, look, uh, they're like I said, I, without going to a full review now, I think there's a number of teams that will be uh, you know pretty happy where they they're at outside the top four. And I think some will be pretty disappointed with their um, seasons. A very quick 10-second answer. Worry meter out of 10. Four. Four, Morton Bay. Uh, Briefly. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a four. I think, uh, yeah, Logan, um, look, it's going to be tough for them, especially with the teams they've got to run home. But, look, you just never know. They have power and lines in the run home, so it's a bit of a difficult path for James Cooter's side, but they do still remain alive as things currently stand. We'll move on now quickly to FQPL1 on the men's side. I want to go through the midweek game very quickly because it's very significant in the context of the league, Adam. Brisbane Strikers won over 1-0 over Rotor as a goal from Seb Hernando in the first half gave the Strikers the win in that one. It's significant both in terms of now 
the advantage shifts away from Rochdale back to Redlands in the title race. It also moves Brisbane strikers up into top four race when we've perhaps written them off from that just last week. It's amazing what a difference a week makes. You know, Brisbane strikers they get uh, they pick up six points in a week, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're in they're in third. Obviously, aided with uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder being uh, being sort of idle because of their game being being called off against Mitchelton on on Saturday night. But uh, look at the moment they're sitting in third. They've got the points in the bank, and it's up to it's up to sort of Thunder and Magpies Crusaders who both had sort of like Magpies Crusaders had probably what would be a costly draw uh, on, on Saturday and also Western Pride, so a big loss as well. And they're the, they're the big droppers at the moment. They're, they're now down the sixth um, as well. So with, with one with one game to go, uh, they, they, they must win next week if they're going to, uh, if they're going to sort of, you know, factor in the finals. Absolutely, they must win that last game. We'll go through the results now from the round 21 fixtures over the weekend. Redlands United, did the job at home, 2-1 over Western Friday. 89th-minute winner from Dylan Brent got the home side the win in that one. A crucial three points there. Uh, Brisbane Strikers backed up their win midweek away with a 4-1 win over Ipswich Knights. Um, got two goals from Josh Anderson in that one, helping the visitors along their way in that game. You mentioned Magpies Crusaders, a costly draw. I call it FQPL madness. It was a 5-all draw <laughs> between Caboolture and Magpies Crusaders. Uh, hat-tricks for both Luca Pullen for the home side and Morgan Saunders for the visitors in that one. And Rochdale Rovers, Adam, they did get a win over the Sunshine Coast Fire 1-0. A goal from Marek Madley got them the win. But as we look at the table now in FQPL 1, Redlands are on 44 and Rochdale are on 42 with one game each left to play. Now, Rochdale's game is not next weekend. It's two weeks' time because that's the magic, that's the Magpies catch-up game. Redlands... Rochelle actually have a bye next weekend and they have mm. their catch-up game. So Redlands are going to go to Sunshine Coast next week. And if they win the game, they are officially premiers. If they draw the game, it's mathematically alive. But at this point, all the cards are in favour of Redlands United securing the premiership as well as promotion. Yeah, uh, the, I think the only sort of realistic hope is that, yeah, that Sunshine Coast Fire, you know, do Rochelle a massive favour next week um, up, up at Kiwanis. That, that will be a tricky tie for um, Redlands to, to negotiate. But if they can get something out of that, yes, you're right. They, they are premiers either. If they get the win, they'll be premiers outright. If not, uh, yeah, it, I find it you'll find it hard to see Rochdale piling on 16 goals or so against uh, Magpies Crusaders um, the following week. Um, look, I know, I know. It would appear unlikely five. given Magpies will be playing for their top four hope as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Caboolture put five on them, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think Rochdale will do that. So yeah, look, the the only way, the only hope left for Rochdale to be to be premiers. Uh, will be a Sunshine Coast Fire win. Well, Sunshine Coast Fire may also need a bit of a result to absolutely remove any danger of dropping into that bottom two. So as I look at the table now, Redlands are on 44, Rochdale 42, as I mentioned. That's Brisbane Strikers up into third place on 30 points and South West Queensland Thunder, who, as you mentioned, they were not in action this weekend due to whether they're on fourth on 29. That's Magpies Crusaders 28, Western Pride 27, Southside Eagles 25, Sunshine Coast Fire 23, Caboolture 20, Mitchelton now back into that playoff spot on 19, and Ipswich Knights are bottom of the table on 11. So the race for the top four in FQPL1 is still very, very intriguing. Everyone down to 
Western Pride in six can still make it into the top four. But there's also a bit of intrigue now between the sides eight, nine, and ten. See who will end up in that playoff spot for relegation down to FQPL two. Yeah, look, uh, it is there is plenty to play for. And FQPL won the final uh, final weeks of the season, I suppose you can call it. Uh, it really does come down to next next week is the is officially the final round. But there's uh, a few catch up games as well be played. I know Mitchelton uh, have got two games to play, so do Magpies Crusaders. So so it is um it is, yeah, look, it's all all to play for on sort of both sides of the coin as far as finals and that relegation playoff spot. Very intriguing couple of weeks ahead in FQPL one. Also briefly in FQPL there were uh, there was a full round basically in midweek. I won't go into too much detail there other than our two all draw between Magic and Coomer Adam a late equaliser for Magic United from Lee Wern. That could be a very, very crucial goal in the bottom end of the table there between Magic and Coomer in terms of who drops down into that second last spot in FQPL2. Yeah, it's um, yeah. It's also, as well, FQ, FQPL two is still is still a bit a bit to play for as well down the bottom and in the uh, especially in the top four race. There's a big result that you know, had may have shaped the uh, that may have shaped the sort of the, the race in FQPL two as far as the final final four and even that even the promote second promotion spot behind uh, Surface Paradise. Absolutely. So we go through the results though in round twenty one. Two games did not go ahead due to whether they were North Star, Turinga, and Magic United, Albany Creek. So those two games will have to be caught up at a later date. The four games that were played, firstly, a two-all draw between Virginia and Surf's Paris Apollo. The Premiers are travelling away to the already relegated Virginia. Left it late, an 85th-minute equaliser from Jaden Sonta got the Premiers a point in that game. Wynnum Wolves 3-0 over Sanford. That's the game you mentioned there. Out two goals. From Byron McLeod helped Wynnum Wolves move up the table in that one. Uh, Coomera Colts 2-1 winners over Holland Park Hawks. Olavo Santos on the score sheet once again for Coomera in that one. The final game which was played was a 3-2 win for South United over Grange Thistle Adam. Two goals from Josef Klebo in that one, including a 90th minute winner, gave South the win. So plenty of goals as always in FQPL too and it's still not really any clearer as to see who's going to finish where on the table, other than the top four is pretty much decided, but the relegation spots aren't, and the mid-pack is also very, very tight. Yeah, look, uh, for the big the big game, obviously the big result was uh, Wynnum Wolves 3-0 over Sanford uh, at, on Saturday night at, at Sanford Parklands, where I think Wynnum also needed a lighthouse to see what was going on with uh, with with that game, with the amount of fog up at the up at the Parklands, uh, so yeah, that, that's a big. That's They're a used big... to it at Carmichael Park. It rolls in there too. Don't oh, worry. Yeah, I think that that certainly sort of came to the fore for there. That's a big win for Wynnum, who looked like they they may be headed have every chance to be headed back to FQPL one for next season. Uh, but yeah, Sanford and Albany Albany Creek as well. Like so, they they um, I'm not sure if the week off. For them, because of the um, postponement, will help them or or you know hinder them as far as you know their their chances to finish second as well. They they've got games in hand. They've got two games in hand, so they you certainly can't rule them out. But their form is a bit worrying at the moment, and they they need uh, they need a win quickly if they're gonna you know pick up that second uh, promotion spot. It means they will act last in that race for that second spot because they already had a catch-up game this midweek and now they probably will be playing on that weekend of the 27th, 26th, 27th, which is when 
all the other catch-up games are going to be played. So I imagine they will get the, the last say on who finishes second. But they catch up before I go to the table, that catch-up game midweek between Albany Creek and Coomera down there at Viney Park, that's going to be really, really important as well as to shape both ends of this table because if if um, Coomera don't win, they're probably going to find themselves finishing second from bottom. And if Albany Creek don't win, they're probably not going to be in that promotion spot. So huge, huge stakes on the line there for those two sides. Yeah, that's a promotion as well. Don't forget that the third, the third place team in in that also get the uh, playoff shot against the eleventh place, the so the tenth place team in FQPL one. So it's, uh, a month ago, you wouldn't think that was. They said you thought that you know, while Surface Paradise had cleared right out, Albany Creek were probably cruising along for automatic promotion. All of a sudden, you know, especially if they uh, fall to a very, very desperate uh, Kumra in midweek. There, like I said, not only are their their um their promotion you know hopes might go up and smoke with it. Absolutely. So the table as it stands currently, Service Paris Apollo on fifty five, Wynnum Wolves in second on thirty nine, Sanford a costly loss at home. They're now third on thirty seven, and they are in that playoff spot. Albany Creek around out out the top four on thirty six, and there's a gap back to Holland Park Hawks on twenty eight, South United twenty seven, Turinga twenty five, Grange North Star both on 24 points. That's Magic United 21, Coomera 17, and the already relegated Virginia on 12. So they're going to need to win that game, Coomera, on um, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night to have any chance. I'm looking at it now they've got two games left to play. They need to win that game and then hope they get something off Service Paradise as well in the last game. It's a tough, tough path, these last two games for them, but they do have a chance still. Yeah, and that's exactly, and that's the only thing, though. So they do take on Albany Creek and Surface Paradise, which is probably in FQPL too, the, the doomsday double as far as trying to, you know, survive. But, you know, like I said, it is a path, it is still a chance, and they've just got to go and and play. Like I said, we know they've got goals in them. It's just whether they can uh, they can prevent leaking them. Absolutely. So that is the wrap of the leagues. We, we always conclude with our performer of the week. And normally I'll let you go first, Adam, but this week, nope, I'm not letting you go first. <laughs> Last week, you accused me of being um, very generous in my performer of the week by giving it to a club, Lions FC. Well, I'm ignoring your criticism. I'm doing the exact same thing again. I'm giving it to Peninsula Power. It's been a great week for them up there in Redcliffe. Uh, FQPL won, Premier or promoted Australia Cup quarterfinalists. They've been it's been a great weekend for them, and they are my performer of the week. Yeah, no, I'll I'll allow it this week. Now they they've had a, a great week uh, weekend for them. Uh, look, my performer of the week is a player. Um, I always like a centre back that can that can score a goal. And uh, yeah, look, uh, Daniel De Silva's goal uh, against uh, Olympic that was top class. So he gets he gets the performer of the week, and also I would hope a few votes when Football Queensland put out their goals of the week this week, amongst a week of some very very good goals across the leagues. Another great week of football. Hopefully another great week coming up again. And Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure. So we'll be back next week to recap all the action in the NPL and FQPL as the race to the finals continues. We'll talk to you all then.